Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Scott's Back Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast. Back in the saddle again. That's, that's an oldie, but goodie. Do you know that song? <laughs> I do know that song, yes. All right, good. All right, well, you know, you're not young anymore. <laughs> not, not young anymore. What, what age group do you go in? What, what is your, your, the, uh, you're not a Gen what or a millennial? I'm what, millennial. What are these days? I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. Yeah, and reading all about now Gen Zs and, and realizing that there's even a generation below that, Gen Alpha. What, your son is a Gen Z, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a new generation that's getting all the attention now. I find I feel it worst when you do an online something or other and there's a drop down carrot and you have to yeah. scroll, you know, scroll down for your birth year. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I just go forever at this point. It's yeah, really, I used to, really it used to pop in right there. Like scroll down, that's my year. And now it's uh you gotta roll down to, to get to the early eighties. All right. Well, I am back. Thank you for holding the fort down. Uh we had a little Corey left. John Wall Street did some, little Emily Karen filled in, little Jacob Feldman. Filled in, Gave so let's not take a poll. To see the rest of the Sportico, uh, the Sportico staff, or hear them, I guess is the better way to say it. I get, well, I guess it, I mean, I know where this is the Sportacast, but I guess they too are the Sportacast. They are the Sportacast, yes, exactly. <laughs> dual, dual, dual meaning, I never even thought of that. Uh, let's hope that you don't do a Twitter poll that says, should Scott just leave more often? I won't. You know, that. you missed me. I would me, never though. do that to you, Scott. I would never. Because yeah, you know how publicly how that would go. <laughs> but you missed me, right? Tell me you missed me. I missed you. I missed you. It's good to have you. What did you miss the most? What did you miss the most? Oh, I have no idea what's happening in youth hockey, Scott. <laughs> well, it's funny. I did talk some youth hockey uh, where I was, and I, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, the crazies, go go check out uh, the Twitters and everything. Plenty of, uh, plenty of pals are off in parts north and parts uh, Midwest still playing spring hockey. Jackson, as you know, the focus group of one is now downing the donning the tools of ignorance. Mm. So, of course, hockey goalie, catcher, first base, third base, and pitcher. We had a nice, we had a game yesterday, lost to the undefeated first place team by a run in a 90-whatever degree, just <laughs> absolute scorcher, and he caught the whole game. It was pretty funny to see him sort of a little bit refreshed in the first, a little less second, and by the you know by the seventh inning to see him dripping and exhausted. Yeah, there's no ninety uh, degree hockey rinks. <laughs> no, there's no ninety degree. Well, maybe Arizona State, but just only on the outside, not on the inside. Uh, but we did have lovely weather where I was. We want to talk about uh, sporta conferences. Probably what I would call the Sportico signature event, a uh, a gathering 
of the best and brightest in the sports and business communities at Kiowa Island, South Carolina. Now, uh, Eben, we do promise all attendees that the event is off the record, but I will tell you to have the folks we had in, in the room, sort of the biggest of the big of Wall Street and, uh, and professional sports, global professional sports, we're talking commissioners and owners, would-be owners, multi-multi-billionaires, you know, those in the club, those trying to get in the club, those who redefine the rules for the club. Just a fascinating two-plus days of hearing from them and watching them network and seeing what they want to talk about. It, it was really, really a, an unbelievable affair. Fair to call that, Scott, the, the Davos or the Sun Valley for sports, kind of in that mold? Well, I say it's fair, and we intentionally, as you know, we did not dub it. We were like, let's just see what comes of it. You know, maybe we will at some time, but we were like, let's just see what happens. And I will tell you that the reference that we most often got from the attendees was, this is Sun Valley for sports, which is exactly what we were going for. Although I don't believe we'll ever, will swell to the size of Sun Valley, and that's intentional. We want a nice intimate affair where folks really do get one-on-one time with almost everybody in the room if they want it. Uh, and it was one heck of a gathering. Just eavesdropping, fly on wall, participating in the discussions. Um, to, you you got to get you excited to where these folks thinks the ind- think the industry is going and some of the changes that they will try to make themselves. So if you can, I know specifics were off the record, but what's on everybody's mind? Is it crypto? Is it NFTs? Is it private equity deals? Is it just the Broncos and Chelsea? What's everybody talking about in those circles? Yeah, definitely crypto, definitely finance, definitely health and wellness. You know, we wanted to talk about that quite a bit. Um, You'd be surprised. It's sort of... It was really a time to get to know the people. Like you think you know, you spent a little bit of time, you recognize that probably a room full of acquaintances, many of which left a room full of friends, which is a big difference. And just having that personal time to talk about not only your teams or your outside entity, whatever your core business is, but just sharing ideas, uh, best practices, that, that was fascinating. Um, we did talk about sort of Africa as an emerging market. Uh, very interesting to hear from from the guests there, the panelists and the experts as to where Africa is now and why they think it is ripe for investment from around the world. So uh, some topics you wouldn't, you know, ordinarily think that's what we would be doing. But we did hear from three or four of the biggest names and best minds in finance. And you can bet that the notepads were out at that time. Uh, uh, where are we? Uh, are we headed for a recession? What about inflation? What about interest rates? What about borrowing? Where Where are the growth opportunities? And the uh, the scribble pads were going fast and furious. Yeah, I, I shudder to think of what the actual uh, opinions there were of, of the big R word. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> saying when we when we promise off the record, we mean. Off the record, but uh, you know, just to to hear it, and, and then the thesis behind it, and what policymakers should be doing. What do you read into what they're saying? If you look at historical trends, you know, we had people who obviously uh, are data driven, so they would look back at at 
cycles and say, well, this is what happened last time when the, when the data said this, and this is why I expect and why. Um, again, sometimes you don't even reach consensus. But just to hear the theory of the why and the where we're going and, uh, and how to change was absolutely fascinating. So let's move on, Scott, to, to some of the news of the past few days, a story uh, that you wrote last week. Gary Bettman, longtime commissioner of the NHL, longest tenured commissioner in all of the major U.S. sports. Seems like he's in line for an extension here. He has a six-year deal that I believe expires at the end of this year or maybe the end of next year. And it seems like all signs pointing towards more Gary Bettman time leading the NHL. Yeah. Interesting, though, I will tell you again, w- without mentioning names, one owner that uh, I was within earshot of said, well, holy, like, I didn't even know Gary was up for an extension or that Gary was getting a new contract until I read it on Sportico, which I find, nice. you know, obviously, that's a, that's a shameless self-promotion, but it did happen. Um, so sure, you know, Gary has a, a, a group of sort of, you know, loyal traditional owners around him. And um, he had a really good media contract. You know, don't, don't just look at the U.S. people. You're free, if you're forgetting about Canada, you are forgetting about what, what matters to the NHL and a North American aggregate TV deal. Like, don't just look at it. By the way, returning to ESPN, plenty mm-hmm. of games on ESPN Plus and streaming, but also, you know, uh, up in Canada, you, you got to take it all uh, in its totality. You know I love hockey, Eben. It's, it's tough to watch on TV. It's the same thing over and over again. Like A great live experience. But, and, and of course, what does half my family say? I can't see the puck. And I think new technology will help. I don't think we need to go back to the Fox glowing puck ever <laughs> again, please, where you, where you really sort of annoy the traditionalists. Um, but I just wonder, from a, from a best practices point of view, when David Stern knew that uh, he was probably in the fourth quarter of his tenure as NBA commissioner, you know, it was clear that Adam Silver was his successor, right? And there was a, 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 an official sort of, this is the, the path. We haven't seen that out of the NHL. I don't know. Is there someone at the NHL who you would knee-jerk think of the heir apparent? And you could even say that of the NFL, right? Like the, Every time someone talks about, well, I mean, Roger is still young and nobody's, nobody thinks he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but people do ask, well, who would replace Roger? I don't know. You don't just get one answer. But uh, the succession plan was clear at the NBA. And if it wasn't discussed or has not been discussed internally, something tells me that this announcement would sort of spur those talks as to, okay, Gary, um, I, don't, I don't even know how old is Gary. I don't remember. 70, from our story. I believe. Yeah. Oh, say, okay. So he's 70 years old. What's next for the NHL? What are the priorities and who can help us get there? Two things I think about when I think about Gary Bettman's tenure. One, expansion. There were 24 teams in the league back in 1993. There are 32 teams in the league now, including, it's early, but two what seem like very successful expansion stories in Seattle and in Las Vegas in the past few years. And then two, COVID. It it hit right at a time where it was probably the worst possible timing for the NHL. They had multiple seasons disrupted in various ways by by the pandemic, but it seems as though revenue is surging back five plus billion dollars last year, which was on, on pace for or above 
what they were doing before the pandemic. I would imagine part of these contract extension talks have been the fact that that Gary, I'm sure a lot of owners feel, did a pretty darn good job helping the NHL steer through what was probably the biggest financial and scheduling crisis that the league has had in, uh, in modern times. Yeah, well, you talked about the expansion. You mentioned the success stories. People do look at some of the Sunbelt stuff and 100%. say, hey, has this worked out right? I mean, right now you have Tampa playing Florida, right, in the NHL playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, it's 3 nothing. You want a competitive series. So, but <laughs> Tampa on its march for maybe a third straight Stanley Cup. And you also have the Arizona Coyotes, which Very have changed ownership situation. a couple of times, different situation, trying to get a new building, going to be playing in a college building for a while. Um, but is there a path forward there? We, we, we shall see. But those are the things that I think most people look at when they we talk about Gary. But overall, and again, it's not like he's, he's not going anywhere right now. Uh, I think new technology and media can really benefit the NHL. It's just one of the leagues where, whether it's, whether it's data, uh, analytics, whether it's just different presentation, gamification. I do my focus group one again. He loves to play the shell on the Xbox. You know, it's baseball. It's the show more than the more than the football game, more than Madden. But he loves to play MLB the show, and he loves to play NHL twenty twenty two, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and if you can get more kids that way, because this is not going to be a sport. You know, you can you can hope for it all you want, but you can just go outside and throw a football catch or play flag football or you know whatever or you know like as I used to do, play tackle on the cement in the street, whatever. You can do that. But you're playing football, basketball. You know, you go to the rim in a, in a park. Fine, uh, baseball. Go ahead. You can go out have a catch. You can throw me batting practice. Whatever. Street hockey is not the same. It's it's just not the same as ice hockey. You're not going to have the same number of kids with access to the game. So you have to take advantage of any touch point. And the two best ones right now. And by the way, we got to talk about. I mentioned it on Twitter. You and I remember when we asked Randy Levine to hire a, a CTO, a chief mm-hmm. teenage officer. Yep. I didn't know, but apparently the NHL has been doing it for a while. They yeah, have an advisory have group of 13 to 17 board. year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, we, you and I both agree is a very smart maneuver, but the way to get them right now is going to be Snapchat, Xbox, and somehow some way get them in a building, see the game, feel the game live, the vibrant colors, the, even the smell, the sounds, Get people to sample hockey, and I I would guess. And again, I am a fan of the game, but even when I take first timers like Asla, I, I she's hooked now. You know, Asla Pelita on staff here. I told her to go to Madison Square Garden watch the Rangers. Now she curses me because she has to go buy tickets and watch the game. You know, watch the team all the time, and she's getting really into the playoffs as well. You give somebody the chance to go see a game live, you're going to win over a fan. That's right. That's right. And, and I mentioned at the beginning there, longest tenured commissioner of the major U.S. sports leagues. For folks who are curious, Don Garber of Major League Soccer is second. He took over in 1999. Roger Goodell has been in the position with the NFL since 2006. And then more recently, Adam Silver took over NBA in 2014. And Rob Manfred took over Major League Baseball in 2015. All right, Eben, I'm playing hurt here right now, by the way, just so you know. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, I just had lunch with Barry Bloom and a, a piece of pepper from my from my uh, Caesar salad dislodges now in my throat. But I, I am I am figuring out how to continue on AIR for Scott with this here. piece of pepper papikash in my throat. But yeah, um, 70, I didn't realize Gary was 70. But uh, for me, when I was young, I don't even know, probably seven or eight years old. I think I still have it if I can find it. God, somewhere. I wrote a letter 
If I said the name John A. Ziegler Jr., do you any idea what I'm talking about? No idea. Okay, John A. Ziegler Jr. was a former commissioner of the National Hockey League. And I wrote a note to him saying, I would love to work in hockey. And I was, again, I was eight or nine years old. He wrote back. So I, I, I don't remember what he said. I have to go fish out that letter. It's in one of those old boxes somewhere. But credit to John A. Ziegler Jr. for actually writing back and, uh, and at least making this fan like the game even more. Love it. Love it. Okay, Scott, let's move on to another topic. On Monday, Major League Soccer and its commercial arm, Soccer United Marketing, announced that it was extending its relationship with the Mexican national teams. Some, which is, again, the commercial arm of Major League Soccer, does promotion, does uh, marketing and sponsorship sales. It promotes and organizes the Mexican soccer team's tours here in the U.S. A pretty big, high-profile client for this commercial arm of Major League Soccer and a six-year extension. So covering both the Men's World Cup here in Qatar at the end of the year, the Men's World Cup in 2026 that will be hosted in all of North America, primarily in the U.S. There's a Women's World Cup in there and then also 2028, the LA Olympics, uh, where the men's and and women's national teams for Mexico, I assume, are both eyeing uh, potential medal places. A a pretty big, wide-ranging deal that comes at an important time for some, Scott. Question I have for you, and I'll put you on the spot. More important to have the Mexican team in the U.S. or the U.S. team in the U.S.? Yeah, so it's a good question because, and I know why you're asking, because as of uh, as of right now, they technically do both. Uh, some as the has been for, for almost two decades or more, the, the d- done similar work for the U.S. team. That is coming to an end. Last year, Soccer United Marketing said that when the contract is up at the end of 2022, that they would bring all of that, th- those rights in-house. Scott, I think you could make an argument for, for the Mexican national team being a more valuable property in some ways. They sell more jerseys in the U.S. Their games draw way higher audiences on television in the U.S. And I don't know the numbers in terms of, of the amount of people that come to games, but the Mexican men's national team plays a handful of games in the U.S. every year. They are extremely well attended. Sometimes they get eighty or 90,000 people to stadiums in the South and, and, and in the American West who show up to watch the Mexican national team play. They, they do maybe a little bit less work here in the U.S., but Soccer United Marketing has helped make the Mexican national team a really huge, and I would argue, under the radar in our industry, primarily because a lot of those people are Spanish-speaking first or Spanish-speaking only, but a really, really large commercial entity here in the U.S. Yeah, you could say the same about Liga MX, right? It's the same conversation, exactly. It's the same conversation, pero uno es en español, no inglés. Uh, It is the same, mismo, mismo conversación. conversación. Um, Is it el el tri, el tri? El tri, yeah. (laughs) El tri, el tres colores. (laughs) And and something that that in the course of reporting this, I thought was fairly interesting. I asked uh, Jan de Luisa, who runs the Mexican Football Federation, so runs the national teams in Mexico, how important the U.S. was to his business. And he said that there are about 40 million people in America of Mexican descent. And he thought that the buying power of those 40 million people vastly exceeds the buying power of the 120 million people in Mexico. So yeah. from, from a commercial opportunity, in some ways, you can argue that the, the just the Mexican uh, people in the U.S., are a bigger commercial opportunity for the Mexican national team than all of the people who are living in Mexico. And, and right Man, now, been, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. I mean, my introduction to the power of the Hispanic market in the U.S. was, I don't even know how many years ago. And again, I'm going to ask you a name and you'll say, no, I don't know. Eduardo Najeras. Mean anything to you? No, no okay. lo sé. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> Eduardo Najeras was a player for the Dallas Mavericks, a uh, Mexican player for the Mavericks. And I remember Bimbo Bakeries then took out a, uh, a deal with the Mavs because of, because of Najeras. And the numbers back then were, were staggering. And of course, with the sort of the, the shift in demographics of the US, the Hispanic market is only growing in its buying power. And to ignore the eyeballs and the sheer numbers of what um, Liga MX does in the US and, and the way it's going is to not only like miss out on a major story, but uh, to miss out on a real opportunity to cash in. And a big a, a big get here for some. We mentioned that, that that this company lost its fairly lucrative deal with 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 U.S. Soccer. Every MLS owner is a part owner in Soccer United Marketing, and I'm sure you've heard the same because because people have told me, Scott, a lot of people who invest in Major League Soccer. One of the things that gets them excited, not just owning franchise X or franchise Y, but also having an equity position in in this side marketing and 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 rights holding business. So this is a losing. U.S. soccer was a was a fairly big deal. Retaining the Mexican national team, uh, which I would assume now outside of MLS is is the biggest client that some has, seems like a really important partnership to extend for SUM. Without a doubt. All right, you know what else is an important partnership? Just like remember when the NHL left ESPN, like no knock to NBC, but you know there's a reason Gary et al went right back to ESPN. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of promotional value that ESPN can provide not only on the mothership but on its uh on its myriad offerings now especially ESPN plus is so much shoulder programming that they were really using uh, the NHL to drive subscriptions to ESPN plus uh, that would give me a reason to look forward to the XFL and ESPN right if you are uh, the rock and you are Jerry Cardinal and Danny Garcia owners of the XFL and you need a wide reaching broadcast contract in the U.S. to get your fledgling lead, like the USFL had Fox as part owner of the league, as well as NBC. So, you know, on, on two networks, uh, the XFL decided to go with ESPN and its platforms. And uh, not a surprise that you can see the why why they went that route. Yeah, you can definitely see it. The XFL, this is, would be XFL version 3.0, which is, is scheduled to, to make its debut Next February, owners now are Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his business partner, Danny Garcia, and uh, Redbird Capital. So certainly a lot of relationships there that ESPN probably wants, not just for the XFL, but for other stuff that they're doing. Dwayne is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, celebrity in America right now. Redbird Capital does a lot of investing across sports and entertainment, including Skydance, the, 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 the film development and film production Company, I would imagine that ESPN views this as an opportunity to get a, a product that could be really cool and drive a lot of traffic, but also kind of continuing and building business relationships uh, with people that they might want to do other other things with in other parts of the entertainment world down the line. How much? Uh, I don't have the answer to this, but we will shortly because we're going to push for it. How much did the XFL leverage? Dwayne Johnson in getting this broadcast package. Right now, we only know about sort of the straight up. Here's the XFL on ESPN. Yeah. Right. What's the de- what's the development series to come with The Rock on ESPN? I mean, you were right. You know, maybe one of the biggest stars in the world. 
probably man at the nexus of sport and entertainment is Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? He his his show on NBC was was well watched. Uh, you have incredible leverage if ESPN wants to do something with the Rock. Say fine, we're you know we're we're happy to look into that. But we have this new football league, and we need your help. He, he would have to be a huge part of this, right, Scott? He he is the biggest asset that XFL has, and no disrespect to anyone else associated with the league or the IP itself, but alternative professional football in the U.S. is a business model that has uh, has been tried and has been failed many, many times in the past few decades, including twice under the XFL banner. And and when it relaunched a couple of years ago, and, and it got obviously a horrible timing with the pandemic, everyone around us said, if, if Vince McMahon can't make this work, I'm not sure anyone else can. Well, I would argue that <laughs> maybe The Rock is one of the few people that maybe has a better shot at making this work than Vince McMahon. But absolutely, if I'm associated with the XFL right now, th- th- there's another alternative league you mentioned at the USFL that just debuted in America right now. It's struggling right now as a TV property. But there is so much football in America between the NFL and between college and now with upstarts that seem to happen every year or every two years. One of the things that really just separates the XFL 3.0 from all the others, I think, is, is Dwayne. So in my opinion, uh, he should be, and my, I, my guess is that he will be, a massive part of, of any commercial deals that they're trying to get, certainly the big ones. All right. So if, for whatever reason, XFL, USFL, if they don't work, if yeah. big if just like if I'm not, sure, I'm not sure that's a big if but yeah uh, well are, are you are you done listening to springtime football like pitches anymore that's it you don't want if again if Dwayne if Dwayne Johnson and, and Jerry Cardinal and Danny Garcia can't make it work who can that's my general feeling and, and and to be totally honest I'm kind of skeptical that this will take off I just think that there is just so much other sports options out there and there's a lot of football options as well. And, and we've seen some leagues like the the AAF that try to do the, we're going to go to a bunch of cities that love football that don't have NFL model. And we saw XFL 2.0 do the opposite. They went to a bunch of cities that have NFL teams hoping to kind of catch a lot of those fans. Neither of those leagues made it to, to year two. And, and you can argue again that COVID ha- played a big role in that. But Yes, I think at this point, if, if XFL 3.0 with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Redbird Capital, one of the smartest and, and most connected sports and entertainment investors there are out there, and an ESPN deal, if, if none of those things can make this work, I am extremely skeptical that anybody can crack this code. And, and we should mention, Scott, this, this ESPN deal is a four-year deal. So there's at least, you know, it's, it's not like they're doing a one year or see what happens. And if there's a year or two, we'll, we'll see if we're at the table. ESPN is at least committing to a couple years of this when it's unclear how the business model is exactly going to work. So, yeah, we'll see. But do, do you disagree with that? Do you think that if this doesn't work, that there's a, an opportunity, a hole in the market for somebody else to come along and do something differently? Eduardo Najera, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, Bimbo Bakeries. There you go. There you what go. do I, what, what do I know? And by the way, Tom Dundon, if you're listening, uh, your uh, AAF might not have worked out so well, but the Canes are doing well, right? As of taping, doing well, trying to advance in the NHL. But to bring it back to the NHL, it's Tom Dundon and the Carolina Hurricanes. He is Edmund Novi Williams. See, you missed, that's what you missed right there, the total non sequiturs. <laughs> on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams, I am Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our digital media editor is Cora Veltman, and she loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will very soon become the Sportico Media Network. Thank you. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.